You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. By my fabulous, wonderful co-host, Mr. Rayshon Payne. Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, I like you know, that. you came in here kind of swagged out today, so I'm like, you know, he came in fabulous. <laughs> well, thank you. How you doing, Stacy? I am good. You're looking beautiful as always. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm rocking that bun. Well, you know, yeah. switch it up every now and then. Looks good. But yeah, I'm really excited tonight because we have a very special co-host joining us today. But I guess he's a guest co-host, right? Yeah, yeah. Guest co-host? Guest co-host. But we're talking about one of my favorite subjects. Oh, Lord. Money. Oh, <laughs> All right, so all of you listeners out there, that's you guys one of the, know I love money. Stacy loves, she has three M's that she loves, money, men, and meals. So you talk about any one of them three, <laughs> you in there. The shade is so real. <laughs> So, yes, we have financial coach and expert, yes. Irvin folks Welcome. in the building. Welcome, Welcome Irvin. Thank brother. you, thank How you, you, thank you. I'm doing great. How are you guys today? I'm doing all right. We're good. good. We're yeah. good. We, we're going to be even better after we learn some tips on how to manage our money, right? Yeah. I'll do my best. I'll do my best, yeah. He's all right, well, low. for all of you out there that are listening, Irvin has been trained by one of the best in the industry, Mr. <laughs> Dave Ramsey himself. So, mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about. So, you guys may yeah. want to take some notes Feel free to call in at 248-579-5290 so that you can ask some questions. We can have call it? Yeah. Oh, oh that's, that's what's up. Well, I didn't know that. Hey, y'all. Well, you know, we usually do that when you're not here. All right, guys. So let's go right into our entertainment and celebrity news because you guys know that's what we do on Unapologetic. So this week has been a very crazy week. Uh, I know all of you know, obviously, what has been going on in Texas. Um, Very devastating. Um, Hurricane Harvey has just unfortunately caused a lot of issues and problems with people. Broke Harvey's heart. He ain't happy. He, no. he a little pissed, but no, he, he ain't stop crying. <laughs> but the good news is there are so many celebrities and just good yeah. citizens that have been contributing uh, to the hurricane efforts. And Kevin Hart actually mm-hmm. challenged celebrities to donate. But there's one particular celebrity who's not really feeling it, and it's Master P. <laughs> so he actually yes, thinks that be. Kevin Hart shouldn't force celebrities to donate. So he actually said that, and this is according to TMZ, he said that he himself donated a large sum of money to the Harvey Relief, but he didn't say how much exactly. And he also said, I don't think that people should be forced or made feel bad if they don't donate to the fund. So how do you guys feel about that? I mean, I kind of agree uh, with Master P. I see where he's coming from. Because basically, have you ever told somebody, you know, if you don't want to do this, don't do it? You know, don't do it out of guilt. Don't do it exactly. because you feel obligated. Do it because you want to do it. So I can kind of see where Master P is coming with that. 
And then, you know, isn't charity supposed to be, you know, private? Yeah, exactly. Back you know? in the, uh, like the ancient Roman times, right? There was part of, part of, there's a line in the Bible. Like, if you're going to do something good for someone, don't make a show out of it. There you go. Do exactly. it in private. Do it out of your goodness or your heart. Because they used to have a thing where when the poor person was going to receive alms, like, they would have a crowd would join around. There'd be horns blowing. And then the emperor would give you this great thing. And so everybody could say, oh, look how gracious the emperor is. a spectacle is. out, it's a out spectacle of it. Out of exactly. It. That doesn't help either person except for the ego of the person giving it. Exactly. Because the point is for the person, the benefactor. That that's who this is all about. So now you just made it a competition about who gonna get the most. Now you're taking right. even attention away from which I'm doing and this for. Yeah, you know? that's exactly what he said. He said that it shouldn't be a competition and it should be right. based on what you want to give from yeah, your heart. Because yeah. now somebody I forgot my man's name, but he kind of did a challenge of his own when he said to the celebrities that look rich but really ain't oh, <laughs> like who, yes. who can't give twenty five G's like he called. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but he called like a couple of people out. He called like uh, Young Jock out. It was like a few of them. You know, no rappers that look rich, but you know, they yeah, ain't really yeah. got. And he said, you know, then a few of them responded like, I ain't got 25 G's, but you know, I can donate 2,000. I can donate mm-hmm. this. And then, you know, that's another thing. Who. A lot of them ain't got $25,000, Kev. Well, let's talk mm-hmm. about who does. So Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio has donated $1 million, as well as President Donald Trump. He has donated $1 million of his own money. Rihanna has donated as well. Drake, Beyonce, Bun B. Obviously, no, Kevin Hart has his celeb challenge in which he has raised over $898,000. And NFL star J.J. Watts actually has raised over $10 million. Back up. Hold up. Kevin Hart raised how much? 898000 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. NFL star J.J. Watts. No, that was enough. That's yeah. raised over $10 million. Right. His, ori- his original goal was actually 200000 And you see, okay. and then, and look at that. I ain't hear no, who did Jason Watts challenge and shout out? He did not. Not at all. And $10 million. And Kevin Hart, you mean to tell me you didn't even break a mi- Man, we don't sit your little... <laughs> I have a, I have a big but, question, though. I have okay. a big question. So, you donate $10 million. You donate a million dollars. Does anyone check to see what percentage of that money actually, actually goes to the people who need it? There it is. You know, because I know, like, the Salvation Army has some ridiculous rate. And I don't mean to call them out. And I might be even talking about the wrong organization. But I heard some of these organizations have some, like, 80% of their donations mm. go to overhead, go to administration, go to keep the life on and 20% actually goes to the victims. So, and again, I don't know if the Salvation Army is truly the one. I know I've heard or remember it might be United Way. One Hmm. of these organizations takes in a ton of money, but then on top of it, doesn't actually give that money to the victims. But isn't that most of these nonprofit organizations? I mean, even, you know, I'm not trying to call out any specific names, but there is a certain breast cancer research Mm -hmm. nonprofit organization that has these walks every year. Mm -hmm. And I know a ton of people that participate and only a small portion actually goes to research towards breast cancer. So do your research, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I know who you're giving your money to. All right. Now, speaking of donations, rapper Tyga could use a few. Uh, apparently, he owes his former business associate over $2 million. And according to TMZ, the rapper's former associate, Chun Lee, has filed documents in a Los Angeles Superior Court asking that a judge assist him in collecting money that he owes. Mm. Who is and this? he's been owing this money for like two years. Who is this? This is Tyga, rapper Tyga. Now, back in 2015, she sued Tyga 
for allegedly stealing their T-shirt idea for a company that they were starting at the time called Last Kings. Now, I actually remember Last Kings because I remember a few people were wearing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And reportedly, he lost the lawsuit and he was ordered to pay up, but he has not paid a dime as of yet. So, what do you guys feel about Tyga? Because I'll give you my perspective. I feel like if he was still with Kylie... He wouldn't have this issue. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. So are you basing it on the fact you think Kylie would front him the money? Or you Absolutely. Think that, really? Mm-hmm. No question. Well, if he would just do what he's supposed to be known for, he probably wouldn't have these problems. Well, you know he's been having a lot of issues with, what? with young money. You know, they've been in like, oh, you know, some, yeah, this is very some financial, true. you know, yeah. issues. Back yeah. and forth. They can't come to agreements. And he and Birdman have, you know, been beefing for a little while. So he's still trying to get out of a contract with Young Money. He need to hit the road. Because, you know, that's why a lot of them, you know, stay on the road is because that's yeah. where the money is. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So what is he doing? What, what, what work is Tiger really doing? That, that's yeah. the real thing. So forget Kylie, forget all of that. What are you doing to fix your own problems? See, he's one of those, again, that look like they got money but really don't. You know, one of those, like, what, what do these rappers yeah. do? Now, here's the thing. Isn't Tiger the one that has, like, an actual Tiger at his house and, like, a giraffe and Bentleys and all this kind of thing? You have a TV oh, show about how sure. rich I am. Wasn't that him? Yeah, probably. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Ain't no telling. That's very yeah. surface level rich. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, fair enough. Surface level rich. Surface level rich. Don't write yeah. that well, you, know you know what? Yeah. I don't know what's in Tiger's bank account. Let me not make judgments. However, I do know <laughs> that when he was with Kylie, he didn't have all these financial issues because they were taken care of. I do remember people coming after him, but I do yeah. remember them being settled. Just saying. Tiger. You may want to go back yeah, and fan them flames. And you may want to, you know, oh, send well, a, look, send a hey, big head. Ah, <laughs> you know saying. that. This yeah, is hey, stranger weather. Right, true. <laughs> but Kylie's of age now. Maybe he's not into that. Ooh. Ooh. Urban is being shaped. No. <laughs> he fit right on in and unapologetic, don't it? I love it. I love it. Exactly. All right. So do you guys watch the HBO show Insecure? No. I do not. Oh, man. I'm the only one in the building that watches Insecure. I'm a financial coach. I don't have paid uh, cable. Um, <laughs> All right. Oh. We'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> oh. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That explains why I ain't got no money. Okay. <laughs> no, All right, guys. So Issa Rae actually is pitching a new show that follows the lives of black teens. So you and I, Rayshawn, we talk about this all the time. There has not been another black sitcom that focuses on teens. The last one was Moesha. Wow. That was it. Okay. So actually, she did a recent video in which she's pitching this concept. And she said, quote, I would like to pitch you a new show about black teenagers. Think 90210 or Gossip Girl for black kids. Maybe we can call it Ladera Heights 90041. Or it could be Potomac, Maryland 20854. That's the real ish. Hmm. So I think it's a good idea. So she want to make it upscale black teens? Well, she's saying that she's going to have a main character okay. that is rich, uh-huh. but he's tired of having access to all of this money, so he's like, the good boy gone bad. Mm, the premise is mm. a little weak. Yeah. It feels a little weak. Yeah. Oh, she also said she's going to have a whole character. That's a quote. A oh. whole character. All right, I'm back on board. Yeah, she said, quote, just thirsty. No goody goodies over here. Not in this show. Nobody was watching 90210 for Tori Spelling, end quote. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Uh, okay. Well, I mean, the 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 young lady's proven, right? Like she knows how to make good content. So I'm how sure. How would you know? You haven't watched. Well, I, I used to watch, watch her on, um, online. She used oh, to have okay. a TV, uh, not a TV show, but a YouTube channel, right? She oh, did. she did. She was yeah, yeah, fired yeah. then. And, then she, to, for, and for her to go from that to HBO, clearly she's. She did something oh, right. She does something right. And, so. then, and they keep renewing it, so she yeah. on to something. So, so I, I guess I have to see it. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. definitely. I'm not guys mad at the idea. Yeah, it's watching Secure. So is it coming can't. on Redbox or Netflix? Anytime soon? I catch. I binge it later. That's well, I just you, come up oh, with your house. I know that watch. HBO has a free service right now for a month. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Online. But what if you have a life? <laughs> okay, well, try to catch an episode. Uh, just I'm for just, me. How about yeah, that? You know, just take 30 minutes out of your day just for me. Catch an episode. All, All right. right. Our final story uh, is about Bobby Christina. There's actually a biopic coming out soon regarding her life and her death. Now, TV One actually released the trailer for, quote, Bobby Christina. That's the title of it. And it's starring Vivica A. Fox as Pat Houston. Now, the 22-year-old daughter of Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown died in 2015 after she was found unresponsive in a bathtub in her Georgia home nearly six months prior to her death. And tragically, her death came nearly three years to the day after her mother, Whitney Houston, who accidentally drowned in the bathtub in the Beverly Hills Hotel just one day before the Grammy. So the trailer actually shows Bobby Christina struggling to stay strong after her mother's death and chronicles her relationship with family friend Nick Gordon, who was found responsible for her death just last year and has been ordered to pay over $30 million to her estate. What do you guys think about this film coming out about her life? Why? Just why? Mm -hmm. Like, it's for one, who was Bobby Christina other than the original Blue Ivy? And that's it. You know, she was just Whitney Houston's daughter. That's nothing to take from her. I'm just saying she didn't... It wasn't like she was known for anything outside of just being Whitney Houston's daughter. Well, I wonder if it's. I'll be interested in seeing. I'll be interested in seeing how they treat the material. If they're treating it to a standpoint of like, look, this is a sign of what you don't do. Of like, listen, if you have access to narcotics or substances that can hurt you, like, listen, this person had everything, had all the money in the world, okay. and was still unhappy. So you say they treat it like cautionary tale. Cautionary tale, yeah. Okay. Then I'm, I'm on board Maybe, for that. But if we just, if it's just another money grab of let's use the Houston name for and that's one what more, I think it is. Then I, yeah, I, I couldn't get it because it's like that's, Bobby Christian. Why are you messing with the baby? That's the baby. Yeah, exactly. You know, let leave the baby alone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I still want another Whitney Houston movie. I wasn't really satisfied. With that bull crap Lifetime tried to give me. I mean, people hated the Aaliyah movie. I thought the Aaliyah movie was actually I compared to the Whitney movie. I didn't got nothing from the Whitney movie. I want another Whitney movie. Hell, I want another Aaliyah movie. Well, in terms of <laughs> Lifetime, I actually enjoyed uh, Michelle A's biopic. Oh yeah, now that um, one was dope. That one. Yeah, that one was that good. That was pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah. I, I could have passed on the uh, Alia one. And the Whitney one, it was okay. But. Okay, I guess with the it, it was, I ain't seen nothing Aaliyah in so long. So it was just nice to see anything, you know, yeah. that just was Aaliyah-ish. You know, mm-hmm. just give me that for a moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the Whitney, it was just like, nah, uh-uh. No, I didn't care that much. I wanted to see Whitney. That that was about I, Whitney and Bobby. And I think that's where you, yeah. I think that's where it goes left. You can't 
you can't make a Whitney movie a Whitney movie because you can't replicate Whitney. No, not at all. He's one of those people who like if you're ever going to do a song for one of these audition shows, don't sing Whitney. Let to be the last one. Yeah, like that's not this. It's, that's not your lane. No. Like she was such a moment and such an icon. Yes. Trying to fill those shoes with any actor, singer, it's gonna fall short. Like you said, uh, it's like trying to do a Michael Jackson. Like everyone's gonna be unhappy, oh, right? Because everyone's like, I'm still missing that person that's no longer in my life. Any person you're trying to put in that place, I'm gonna feel come up a little bit short. Yeah, we, I wear icons like that. Yeah, the icons, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who's gonna do Prince? Hopefully, no one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, for those of you that are interested in watching, it will air on TV One on October eighth. So Wait, we're gonna who take playing what? Whitney? Well, who playing Bobby? Uh, I didn't know. say. Okay. Vivica Fox apparently is the name. Oh, wow. All right. So. Did nobody else want to do this? <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about money. So tonight's theme, obviously, is money. So we're playing money-related music. So we're going to go ahead and play our first track, Mo Money, Mo Problems. Appropriate, right? Uh, I can't get with that. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to talk to Urban about how to eliminate some of those problems when you get the money. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, we are back on Unapologetic. That was Mo Money, Mo Problems the jam. Notorious B.I.G. No, that may be the jam, but like I said, I still can't give it that message because Mo Money right now would take care of a whole lot of my problems. Well, See, that's not true. All right, we're okay. going to get into that. Okay, okay yes, okay. yes. Right, please help me that, understand that. Let me that. introduce right. our very special guest, Mr. Myself. Irvin Folks, who is a yes. financial coach and expert and has been trained by one of the best, <laughs> Mr. Dave Ramsey himself. All right? So, guys, if anybody knows what you're talking Ramsey. about, I'm Dave Ramsey. Okay, I know you're no thinking about food. Okay, I know you're thinking about food. Okay, we're talking about hey, money. No, so let's, let's, let's focus uh, on the money. The money so I can mm. get the food. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, go. so I'm going to go back to what you were talking about, Rayshon, because you're so passionate about this more money, more problems. Thing. Oh, yeah. So, go that go, go ahead and, you know, give your unapologetic stance on that. What, more money, more problems? How you don't believe that? Oh, I just believe if you have more money and it's causing you more problems, then you don't know what the hell you're doing with your money. That's why you know, I always say, you know, money can't buy you happiness. Well, clearly you buying the wrong shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give it to me because you, 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 we could definitely switch. You know what right. I mean? So, but not to say that it's going to give me, like, if I buy this car, then I'm going to be happy. If I mm-hmm. buy, if my thing is I'm looking at, you cannot put a price tag on peace of mind. Amen. And How, that's what financial freedom can give you. Mm-hmm. However, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Money, you can't put a price tag on it, no, but money helps you to just yeah. sleep at night. Like, when you ain't got to, I, I just want to get to a point in my life where I'm not just worried about it. You see what I'm saying? Like, I've never been a type to chase it. You right. know how people on this money check, I get that paper. I've never been that, but I've never been. Good for a, a, sure. a lengthy period of time. All right, yeah. so you know let's talk I mean. about that. So, right. Urban, yeah. how yeah. can people save their money yes. so that yeah. they do have peace of mind? So, okay. what are your tips for saving? All right, so here's the thing: like, we have to first kind of break down what we're talking about, right? Okay, it's not so much about the money you earn, but it's your money habits. So it's so this is where I look at money. When you look at your bank account, basically what you're looking at is a report card. You made a certain set of decisions in the past, and those decisions either netted you a loss or netted you a profit. 
it's not a sign of you're a good person. It's not a sign that you go to church enough. It's not a sign of, you know, where your parents get people. It's not a judgment call. It's not a judgment call. Right. It's strictly math. You Mm -hmm. made a certain set of decisions, and those decisions either cost you money or saved you money. So when we talk about, you know, more money, more problems, what we're actually saying is, you know, if I put more money into that that person that's making bad decisions, you're going to make bigger bad decisions. Right. So if, instead of saying, oh, wow, you know what? I went and bought a TV on my credit card. And now I'm in debt and I don't know what to do because now I have this $200 bill to pay. And I'm not sure if I'm paying my electric bill or my television bill or my credit card bill. Now, if I give you a million dollars, the question just turns into I bought a jet. And I don't know if I'm paying my jet bill or I'm paying my mansion bill. And now all of a sudden I'm a million dollars in debt because that's what, what 85 percent or 90 percent of lottery winners are bankrupt. Mm, yeah, Same thing for yeah. athletes. Seventy five percent of athletes are bankrupt three or four years. And we're talking like across the board. Okay. Your hundred million dollar contract guys are still broke. So is it kind of like the you know how they always say the joke the more you make the more you take is exactly. it the more you make the more you spend the more you spend because people okay. believe and one of the first things I learned about money when I got older is that there's a difference between and you references earlier there's a difference between looking rich and being rich mm-hmm. Absolutely. and as long as we're chasing looking rich then you always be broke mm. so what we have to talk about is we want to start with, talk about saving money. Then it's more about, first off, you want to look at the causality. What is causing you to spend your money? Are you spending money to make progress, to make yourself happy? Then you might be going down the wrong path. If you're, causing, if you're spending money to you know, extend experiences in your life, then you're probably on the path to happiness. And this is what I mean. If I'm sad about something and I say, okay, you know, to make myself feel better, I'm going to buy this pair of shoes. And, you know, and I, I, you know, I'll speak from my own, personal prep, my own personal history, right? Got divorced in 2015. I bought 50 pairs of shoes. <laughs> Literally 50 pairs of shoes. That was some emotional spending. Emotional right spending, yeah, right? It happened. Now, did those shoes make me happy? At the moment. For about, exactly. About <laughs> a, hot, a hot hour and a half. Okay. But the thing is, until I was able to fix that hole that was inside, the emotional thing that was wrong on the inside, all the money I was going to spend outside of that wasn't going to help. So you're saying it's an emotional connection. It's an emotional connection. Money. Oh, exactly. Okay. And that's why people, like we, when people try and get out of debt, they try and get out of debt emotionally. Mm. Or mathematically. But you have to realize that the level of thinking that got you into this mess is not the same level of thinking that's going to get you out of it. So you have to inject new ideas in order for you to change the situation. So if you're saying, like, you know what, if you're like, I think 76% of Americans don't have $1,000 in the bank, then you have to fix that. And you have to fix it from the standpoint of saying, well, how did I get here? What were, the, what were the causal mechanisms that got me into the situation? Was it things that were external to me? Was it things that were internal to me? And then work through those things first. Because if you don't understand the causes of how you got to this point, then you're not going to be able to fix it. You're just going to go out, work harder, get the promotion, <laughs> spend more money, just like doctors. This thing called doctoritis. I worked so hard for eight years to get my degree. Now I have to live and look like a doctor. So the first thing you do, right. like, I need to go buy the BMW. I need to go buy the, go buy the Porsche. I need to buy the house that I've been, I don't have. So on top of the $250,000 of debt mm, that I have student in student loan loans, right, exactly. now I'm going to lump another two hundred grand on top of that to look like a doctor. And now I'm strapped in. And again, a lot of people I've found, I've talked to, don't even want to be a doctor. <laughs> wow. So now, but you can't, you can't change. Right, and that is a hell of a commitment that you just made to just walk away from exactly right so now you've just and that right there is is a is a perfect sign of you giving away your freedom and then like and then i look at the time spent you know what i'm saying because money you can always get there's always money to be made but time was that's gone that's gone it's absolutely so that's why i say when you say it's emotional connection it's even Mm -hmm. deeper than 
Hell, I thought she. Let's go back to this more money, more problems sure. concept because there is something that I do agree with when it comes to more money, more problems mm-hmm. because the IRS does come after you when you make more money because the IRS yeah. has gotten me where I was like, dang, yeah. I, I got to give you how much? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, same here. So Absolutely. Let's talk about that because there That's, are a lot of entertainers, yeah, athletes, okay. and everyday and, people well, that can, owe a lot of money to the IRS. I can tell you. People don't talk about those, people that are in debt. Those entertainers the and athletes that owe money to the IRS, I know what their problem is because, mind you, if your salary for the movie is $20 million, they're going to give you a $20 million check. Are you thinking about giving the IRS they cut <laughs> if you got $20 million staring you in the face? Hell no. Right. So that's yeah. where they get in trouble. Yeah, but True. your accountant should. So, oh, well, hey. But, but accountants also steal. I don't yeah. trust Let's clear up something, though. Like, people think of the IRS and they get, like, ultra afraid. And I've had mm-hmm. problems. With the IRS. Again, I'll put it all out there. I don't think I'm a, I don't think I'm a great financial coach because I'm so perfect at it. I think I'm a good financial coach because I've, like, screwed it up so many times, mm-hmm. so many ways. I have a ton of experience saying, listen, I know what it's like when you're sitting in a dark room thinking, oh my God, this is the biggest thing that could ever happen to me. I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow. I've been there. So I can tell you that, you know, when you're in that dark tunnel, the light at the end of the, the, light at the, end of the tunnel doesn't have to be a train. You can get through it. So when you talk about you owe the IRS, it's just math. The IRS doesn't care about you. They don't care about your situation. They don't care if you're black, white. It's simply – and I've had revenue officers come to my house saying, listen, like you owe this much money. We need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You want to be talking about scared? That's, a, that's fear on a whole different right. level. Yeah. But this is what I learned. They don't care. Basically, the guy comes in front of you. He's like, all right, look, this is what it is. If you owe X amount of dollars, this is your payment. You got it? That's all it is. So when we say, oh, these entertainers owe IRS, it goes back to get before your money habits. You have bad financial habits. You have lazy, sloppy ways of handling your money. And when that extra money came in, you, you decided that you weren't going to handle your business. You know that the first thing I do is pay myself first. How much money is going to go to my retirement account? Next thing. All right. Let me pay all the people I need to pay that help me get to this point. And one of those people you have to pay is the IRS. <laughs> and even though you hate it and think that they're taking your money, at the end of the day, they provide a service. Right. You drove in on a road. You got your, you know, your, your trash taken out this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to police. If you call the police, they come. The IRS pays. Your taxes pay for all those things. Mm-hmm. You're, getting, you're getting services for your money. So if you have this belief that the IRS is out to get you, well, you're wrong. They don't care about you. They know very little about you. Well, Most of them just they bureaucrats. They do care if you don't pay. So no, th- they, th- they, but, even that they don't. But I was going to say it's just a machine. A lot of people, <laughs> but a lot of people are in debt with the IRS, and mm-hmm. they don't know that there are solutions. And yeah. one of the solutions is to just contact them exactly. and follow up yeah. instead of trying yeah. to avoid them yeah. because yeah. you can yeah. work yeah. out yeah. payment arrangements with the. I know IRS. people yeah. personally who are who have you know. Because they were afraid oh, yeah. for so long, and it was like I ran, ran. But then when I finally talked to them, it was actually so easy. <laughs> like exactly. they will work with you. Yeah. Like all they want, like you said, they don't care about they you. Don't care about you. They just want their money. Yeah. But they will charge you interest, FYI. So yeah. listen, well, it's money. The matter. So if you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pay them, pay them. But now first. I do have a question. Sure. Because you brought up a point when you said, "Are you spending money to, like you said, make yourself happy?" Mm-hmm. What about the person who is just trying to survive? Like, it's just not like I'm not even trying to live beyond my means. Mm -hmm. I'm not even I don't even go out. I don't do anything. I don't try to keep up with the Joneses. I'm just trying to survive. And it's still not making it. What what do you say to that person? And and I've had these people. I've spoke with them. And basically, when you're talking to that person, I have like the I have the hardest I have the hardest advice for you. You got to get your income up. 
it's mm. it's it's a hard it's a it's a hard answer, but, but that's, that's really that's what the it only comes, thing. That's what it comes down to. We talked about those decisions you made before. Okay. So did you go get educated, go add to your skill set, and try and, and and do things that are going to earn you more money, or were you out at the movies? Did you have a new iPhone eight? Did you have a you know all these other things, and now you're it's costing you money? All right. I'm glad you brought that up because that's going to lead us right into our next segment. We're going to talk about how to grow your money, ways that you can earn more income, because that is the issue for most people in this country. They need more money. Yeah. And they're living paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about ways that you can increase your revenue. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. (laughs) We are back on Unapologetic. (laughs) Yeah. Just we, having uh, some laughs here. Yes, we are. Break here, but that was K Michelle with Rich. K Michelle, rich people problems. So, what would she know about that? Look, K Michelle <laughs> has a lot of money now. Don't sleep really? on K Michelle because yes, well, she, she has a brand. Listen, she, and she has invested a brand it all with, in her ass too. No, that's she why has her a money restaurant. Is. She actually has a partnership with Jack Daniels. In which she has her own line oh, of cocktails. Is she a Pisces woman? She is a Pisces woman. Mm. You know us Pisces women. We know how to grind. We can hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Exactly. So, you know, I take that back. Big ups to K. Michelle. Keep doing your thing, baby. Girl. Exactly. Keep doing your thing. But let's talk about what we were just talking about in the last uh, segment here. We were talking about how to make more money. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before the break, you sure. were about to go into how you need to increase your income right. in order to stop living paycheck to paycheck. So people mm-hmm. are like, okay, well, how do I do that? Yeah. All right. So first off, let's break the problem down into short term, midterm and long term. Now, Rishon brought the point like, you know, someone's just trying to survive. And it's, you know, you're working 40 hours a week at a job that's kind of that you're under underemployed and you need to earn <coughs> more money. Then in that case, you, you're going to have to do something like immediately to get money up. So that's when we start looking at the, like right now we're living in what's called the gig economy where people are willing to pay for a chunk of a job. So that's like Lyft, that's like Uber, that's like Fiverr, where like I have this one skill and instead of me donating or dedicating 40 hours a week to helping someone utilize my skill, they'll buy a couple hours off of me. Now that's fine for a short-term plan, but you know that's not going to make you wealthy long-term because you're still trading time for money. And as long as you're trading time for money, you're going to hit a ceiling because you only have 2,000 Uh, 2,080 hours per year you can sell. So in order for you to make, let's call it a million dollars, you got to make something something like, what, $5,000 an hour to get to that Mm -hmm. level. And there's just very few instances where that actually exists. But if you're in a position of like, listen, I need to keep the lights on, uh, keep, you know, the landlord from taking the front door off my house, then in that area, Mm -hmm. yeah, you need to just go and participate and you're going to have to get a little less sleep going to have to miss a couple of episodes of Games of Thrones and you just kind of make insecure. the hard decisions in, or insecure. <laughs> You're going to have to make the hard decision like, listen, I'm going to get out of this current situation now. And I, I like to think of that when I coach people of that first step of like first get $1,000 in the bank. Sell what you have to sell, that the excess things you, you need. Um, you know, earn money any way you can that's legally, moral, and ethical. Hmm. And Get that that first thousand dollars because once you get that, you get what you were talking about earlier of a little bit of peace, a little bit more sleep at night, just a peace of mind. So that's the first step. Then you want to talk about your midterm plans. Now this is where we start thinking of how do you increase your skill set. And again, it's a beautiful time to be alive because you can get almost a full MIT degree right now because all the classes are, are offered online. So find a place in the market, and instead of going to college, going to school based on what you like doing, I once heard a quote of saying, you know. Don't try and follow your passion. Follow the opportunity and bring your passion with you. 
So look into the market now. Look at these things like um, virtual reality, uh, augmented reality. Uh, occupational therapist field is really hot right now. Anything in me- medical is pretty mm-hmm. good. And find something where maybe you're not passionate about it, but you can do it. And it's an opportunity. People are there's a market for it. So that's thing. Find the market, find the value first, and then follow it. And that's your midterm plan. Mm. And then we talk about long term. Now we talk about long term. Long term, we're talking about stocks, and I won't say bonds because I believe being a owner, not a loner. But that's a we'll get to that in a second. <sighs> but my thing is, you can't talk about investing in the market and trying to make money that way if you don't have the other pieces in place first. If you don't have a savings account, if you don't have an emergency fund in place, it's like trying to add an addition to your house while your basement's on fire. <laughs> you know, you can't. You got to get out of debt first before you try to make these next steps. So when we're talking about increasing your income. First and foremost, where are you right now? Do you need short-term increase in income now? Then you got to jump on these things and these other opportunities to make to sell the extra time you have. After that, you got to increase your skill set. There's, there's just no other way around it. And when we talk about increasing your skill set, now if you're not a school person and you're thinking of, well, maybe I'll go into entrepreneurship or a side hustle, very fine, but understand those are two different things. Entrepreneurship is another form of investment that's not going to pay off in the next Two to five years, easy. You, it's a long on ramp to success that way. Can you please repeat mm. that <laughs> to these up and coming wannabe <laughs> business owner, CEO, entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Talk slow, all right, clear and precise. Very well. One more time. All right. Entrepreneurship is a form of investment. It's long term. It's going to take a long time to get there. Very, very few people make a profit within the first two years. Very few. Very few. Very few. Now, make a what? Profit. Profits. Okay. Profit. It's going to cost you money. And when I talk about entrepreneurship, I'm talking all the way down to if you want to build an app, if you want to be a real estate agent, if you want to be a what have you. Anything that anything you want to that own. You, that you want to own. Understand that the first two years, you're going to have to put money into it. And I know what I speak because I started my first company in 99. So I've been doing this about, what's it, 17, 18 years now. And the exact same thing. I almost want to say that I was on such a long ramp. I just started making real serious money until like 10 years later. Mm. And then lost it and had to start over again. Mm. So I've, I've, I know the gold ring you're chasing. And please learn from my experience that, listen, entrepreneurship is a beautiful thing. And you live in a beautiful place to go after it. But it's not something that's going to turn over next week. And a lot of people got come to and I coach, they'll say, you know, it's just not working. I, I just can't get it going. I'm like, oh, wow, what's, what happened? Like, how many calls you make this week? Like three. <laughs> three? <laughs> how long you been at it? Man, it's been like two months. Uh, two, two months. Listen. <laughs> Why are you wasting my time? Right. You have to grind this out for at least. You can't. I always say this. Don't even make a decision for the first year. Because you haven't been in it long enough and through enough cycles to know if you like it or not. Are oh, you making decisions to keep going? To keep up going. Quick. Or not. Okay, okay. You, Makes sense. The first year, you got to just scale, all right, this is my first year in. Okay. Now, I want to contrast this, though, with the idea of a side hustle. Now, if you're going to keep your day job and you're going to keep the lights paid, you're going to keep yourself in a, a financially stable situation, I love the idea of a side hustle. Saying, you know what, I bake pies, I, you know, I make bags, I do hair. I do hair. Personal training. Personal training. Fantastic way of making money. And if you're spending that extra time you have, then you're doing really well for yourself and you're actually augmenting your income without taking a financial hit to your mainstay. And so long as you – and then what you want to do is let that side hustle take over Eventually. Your, your, eventually your job, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so it yeah. gets to the point where you have to make the hard decision like, wow, you know what? I'm making enough money now 
and I know what I love doing. Now I can make the decision of which way I want to go. So it, it, it's that comfortability, you know. Exactly. You, when you get that check every week, versus yes. like, oh, okay, this is all on me now. Exactly. You know, like versus having rent. Yeah. But then now you own this home. Yes. So any problems happen, that's all on <laughs> that's you. That's on you. So yes. that can be scary. But I like how you said that it's only if it starts yes. to now how what are some deciding factors? Now sure. say that my side hustle, I'm a personal right. trainer. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that it's making me, my clientele's picking up. Now it's starting to affect day job. Now okay. you say, I'm calling off work because sure. I'm missing out on this. So right. I, I guess what point mm-hmm. do you make the decision to, I can leave the day job sure. now and do this? Well, the first thing you want to do is make sure you're not cherry picking. And by cherry picking, I mean, okay. it's easy when you have your day job and you say like, wow, I got three more clients this week. I must be really good at this. <laughs> it's like, no, you're just, you're not really into it. It's just, a good week. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, had a good week. Had a yeah, good week. Exactly. Oh my god, I'm the best ever. Right, right, right. Well, because it's, it's still sales. It's still sales, right? right? It's still so form of sales. Right. And so, since you you got three in, you're not comparing that to what it's like to do it every single day and have to depend on that. Would that would that same three be the only three you would have got if you were dedicating 40 hours a week to it? So, mm-hmm. if you get to this point where your personal training business is doing so well that you're like, wow, it's starting to affect the day job, my first thing would be like, raise your rates, raise your rates, and say, you know what? If I charge twice as much, could I still make twice my income off of half my clients? And in that case, I can still keep going with it where I'm going, mm-hmm. you know, to this point where like, all right, I can raise my rates twice as much and I still am at capacity and then start seeing if you can lock in long term commitment contracts. Like, listen, my, the, you know, for 2018, the way I'm going to run this business is my hourly rate now is 250 and I need half the year up front and the other half year will be paid in June. Are you still willing to buy and just prototype it, you know, just Take a small section of your customers, see if they go for it. If you still have people clamoring for it, go for it. Well, and then, what if you don't? Then if you don't, then you know that, you know what? My part-time availability is the sweet spot of this market. And that's where I'm making the most money I'm already at. That what we call the, um, the sweet spot of the market is where supply meets demand. Okay. The amount of time you're supplying is exactly where the, the demand for your time is. Okay. Live in that sweet spot. If you try and increase the supply and the demand's not there, then you'll have unsold supply, which means you have un- extra hours if you're doing nothing. And now which you used to be able to sell that time to your current job and make money. Now it's just sitting no, there. You have nothing. You have nothing, yeah. And zero times <laughs> four, hours <laughs> four hours is zero. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier, and mm-hmm. that was an emergency savings fund. Yes. How much should people have saved for okay. an emergency? Because a lot of people don't know how much they should save. Okay, well, there's two flavors of it, right? So there's the baby emergency fund when you first start off, which should be – I like to prescribe $1,000. And I say $1,000 because most uh, most car emergencies are right around $1,000. And that's, right, that's one of the things that would just completely rock your world. You're sitting on the side of the freeway, the alternator or the transmission or something, when you, and your car went out, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make it now. You know, work is in trouble. Kids getting home from school is in trouble. What am I going to do? So $1,000 in the bank account of cash that you're not touching is a great place to start. Now, if you're based on your income, and I always coach people where they are. I don't coach them like, okay, this is the universal morality and you need to live up to it. No. Like, what's your situation? And if your situation dictates that you can only do 500 right now, then we'll start there. Then the second emergency fund comes in after you pay off your debt. So you start off because, no, again, there's no point trying to save a ton of money and you got a ton of debt. Because sooner or later, what you own is going to have to stand good for what you owe. Mm-hmm. So pay, So get your first emergency fund. 
And now we can talk about how we're going to attack the debt. Knock the debt out. Knock the debt out. And then from there, you can go to your real emergency fund, which should be between six to nine months of living expenses. Now, if you're like me and you live off what you kill because I'm a consultant, so my income is variable, then I try to go for more. It's like nine to 12 months. And that way I know right, if, if this means that if something goes wrong and I don't get a client, it's going to take me a year to burn through this money. Hmm. And by that time, I should be able to find another job if I need to decide if I want to go if I want to go you know, start doing Lyft and Uber or whatever I need to do to, to make it day to day. But you want that that kind of cushion gives you. That's where the the, the peace and freedom comes in. That's so where that, you sleep at night and you're like, oh, happiness good. comes. That's where happiness comes. Yeah. Okay, now I have actually heard this as a suggestion for yeah. those that are trying to save for their emergency funds, but they also have debt. Mm-hmm. Now I heard that it's wise to pay the minimums mm-hmm. on your credit cards and save so that if an emergency does happen, you have that money in your account that you can just pull out and pay off instead of putting more debt on your credit cards. What do you think of that? All right. So wait, hit me again. So you're saying okay. I have three credit cards mm-hmm. and I am need to pay the minimum on those. Right. And not have an emergency for, or No, and save, have an emergency savings, meaning instead oh, yeah. of trying to pay down the debt like really quickly, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. put that money in a savings so that if something does happen where a credit card would normally be used, yes. you can just pay cash. Right. So that way you're not putting yourself in more debt. Right. So, if you, so basically you're adding time to the equation. So if we're talking of, you say you and I meet on Monday, now say, okay, you know, phase one is – Get the emergency fund together. So whatever it takes for us to get $1,000 and keep you know paying your minimums if you need to. Once that $1,000 is set, all right, phase two is now we attack debt. And we have a special plan that Dave Ramsey has you know, taught me down in Tennessee of this is how we go after that sort th- that way. That's the snowball effect, right? The snowball, yep, exactly. All right, so we're going to talk about the snowball effect when sure. we come back because a lot of people don't know about the snowball effect. And okay. I actually live by the snowball effect. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want all of you to definitely take notes on this. So Mm -hmm. we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We are back on Unapologetic, and we are talking to financial coach and expert. Yes. Irvin folks. And somebody from the IRS had called to ask to play that last song. So that's why we played it. <laughs> a mess. A mess. All right. But before the break, we were talking about the snowball effect. And mm-hmm. for those that are not aware of the snowball effect, can you go ahead and enlighten sure. them on what that is? Okay. So Dave Ramsey advocates a plan called the uh, the snowball, the debt snowball. And basically what we're going to do, most <clears> people <throat> want to pay their debts off by the highest interest rate first thinking that the math means, you know, this debt will keep growing faster, so I need to pay it off first. And what actually works out better is we're going to use our emotions and psychology to pay our debt off. So we start off with the smallest debt first. And when I say smallest, whatever the tiniest. If you owe the doctor $25 for a no-show fee, we're going to start with him. Okay. Line up all your debts from smallest to largest, and then you're going to attack the smallest one. Now, pay off the minimums on every one just because you don't want them to start screaming. But... The, whatever the smallest one is, you're going to pay the minimum plus whatever extra you can get. So if you're doing Uber, if you're selling cakes, if you're selling bags, whatever else you're doing, you're going to throw it at that one. All the extra money goes to the smallest one. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to make progress faster, and that's going to feel good. And when you start feeling good about it, then all of a sudden now, you know, kind of get the wind back in your sails. The husband looks at the wife and says, hey, we did that together. That's something we did. So now you're ready to take the next one on. And so what happens is you take the minimum payment that you were making on the smallest one, 
Now you add that to the minimum payment that you're making on the second smallest one and whatever extra money you have. Now the smallest one goes away as fast as possible. And now you're on a roll. And so now you're just knocking them out, knocking them out, knocking them out. And you're seeing progress as you're going down, as you're going, as you're moving forward and you're starting to get out of debt quicker. And so what you, this also gets back to that financial piece again, because now you can see the end of the, you can see the end of the road now. The light at the end of that tunnel. Light at the end of the tunnel. There you go. And it's, and this is, and even though some of you, your student loan, it's going to be at the top of that death snowball. Oh, Lord. It is. And you know well, what? It could be the whole snowball. <laughs> it could be the whole snowball. <laughs> uh, and it's just a matter of understanding that, look, they're not going anywhere. You can't bankrupt out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't consolidate them into another credit card. and all. Listen, it is what it is. We talked about it earlier. Your report card. You made some decisions, and those decisions cost you some money. Fine. Whatever. Hunker down. Yeah. Throw everything you can at it to pay it off because it'll always be there, kind of like looming in the back of your in the back of your mind, and that's one thing's going to keep you up, right? Like you'll be on vacation, and you're thinking, "Man, I ha- having a great time. Mimosas by the beach. Everything's fine." Dang it! Oh, two hundred thousand dollars in student loans, <laughs> and all of a sudden now you can't enjoy. It's because, it. yeah. So now all of a sudden you can't enjoy your money anymore, and that's one of the things I'm hoping to do is that I want to I want people to enjoy their money. I'm not one of those people that hears millionaires say. Oh, you know, he's worth $10 million, but you wouldn't know it because you look at him, you couldn't tell. No, I want you to enjoy your money, but yeah. I want you to enjoy it the proper way. I want you to enjoy it, like, on a genuine level. Now, I, I like the snowball. That does make a lot of sense. Like you cool. say, get the little stuff out of the way first. Exactly. It's like chess. Who? What yes. pieces do you send out first? It, the, the pawns. pawns. There exactly. you go. You know what I mean? So, but... Let's go back this on up. I, I'm probably, mm-hmm. you know, putting my business out here, but you mentioned right. student loan. Yeah. Tips. Sure. Something. Right. Help the majority. Stacy's looking at me laughing. She don't have these problems, okay? <laughs> She's been blessed, all right? right. She, she ain't got these issues. So help those that do. What, what, what tips? What are this, the best? You just say, just throw It's not going away. It's not going away. Nothing you can do. No. Even after you die, I still think you will still owe your student loan. The estate will still owe it. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? You're, and that's exactly right. Your so, estate will right. have to pay those loans. have to pay those loans. Right. So. What can be like? Just, just There's only one thing to do, and I hate to say it to you. Just you got to hunker down and knock it out. You got to no. make it a priority. Okay. Because here's the thing: if I, if you're looking at me saying, you know what, my student loans are such a big problem, and then say, okay, well, let's look back at your last six months of expenditures, and I see like, oh, you know what, got a ton of money you spent on cable. You got the A1 package on your phone. You know, you got the new iPhone. Got the new iPhone. Uh, this ain't me, people. This ain't you. This ain't you. This ain't you. We're talking hypotheticals, right? You know, and let's talk about it from two different levels because right, I, I, right. I coach people on two different areas, right? There are certain people who are like, I'm barely making enough money to make ends meet. I'm living paycheck to paycheck, like 50% of Americans. So mm. don't feel like you're, and that's across the board. You ain't alone. You ain't alone. And that's across all incomes, too. Mm-hmm. Don't think that that doctor you're, you're, that you're seeing has it all made. That person can be living paycheck to paycheck as well. This is very true. So, there's no judgment call on this whatsoever. But it, so I, I talk to those people. And then I also talk to people who are like, I make a ton of money. It's just not a priority. You know, when I come to things that I, when it comes down to and I get that paycheck in my hand, I use emotional reasoning. It feels good. So it must be good. So therefore, why should I pay that? I'll, I'll pay it later. I get to it sooner. You know, my next my next promotion comes along. The raise money. That's going to go to my student loans and I won't do it. And see, so chime up with all these you know, all, all these mechanisms and machinations and histrionics of how you're going to beat this, when it all comes down, it's just going to be hard work. You know, it's, say mm-hmm. to yourself, I'm going to take this next year and a half, two years, 
I'm going to, after that, I'm going I'm, to, for this next two, two and a half years, I'm going to live like a nobody. Because after that, I'm going to live like nobody else. I'm going to vacation like nobody else. I'm going to be charitable like nobody else. I'm going to have a blast. I'm not going to have financial fights with my wife or my husband. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be two years of hard work. It's going to be two years of grinding it out. But you know what? After that, I will never, ever, ever have these people in my life again. And that's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, financial absolutely. freedom is the best. So you said, g- g- give yourself two years. It, it depends on your situation. It depends okay. on your income, right? Because yeah. now I can't. If you're if you're sitting there at two hundred fifty thousand dollars in student loans and you make twenty five thousand a year, it's not going to be two years. <laughs> well, no, right? Well, no, <laughs> no, 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 we we, we got to figure out something. How, how you how you going to you know make that happen? So but, it's all about setting a plan. And it's I, all about I like you said the short term, mid term, long term goals. Exactly. And I, I guess it's, oh, I'm sorry, Stacey. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I guess it just boils down to. You said it earlier. People are lazy when it comes yeah. to their money, and you right. have to put in the work. Yeah, you absolutely. have to. So it, from this, I've learned it takes work. Yeah, and I call it the fudge factor because I don't, lazy has like a, a bit of an insulting tone to it, right? But it's well, fudge is in it's fear, uncertainty, doubt, guilt, and exhaustion. Wait, Those things. Down. One more fudge. Sure. Fudge. I call it the fudge factor. Okay. Fear. Fear. Uncertainty. Doubt. Guilt. Or exhaustion. Hmm. Those are things holding you back from living your, you know, from from having money habits and being back in the driver's seat of your money. Because when the money comes in, you make decisions based on those things. And so all your money is now obligation to the past instead of a promise to the future. And now it's just a it's a downward spiral of unhappiness. It seems like it's a cycle that yeah, just does a not a vicious cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah. So Urban, for those that want to be able to contact you so that you can help yes. them sure. with their financial issues or right. help them to increase their money, how can they contact you? All right, so this is what I did. I built a real small Google form at newmoneydetroit.com. It's a couple questions, really simple, and it'll start the conversation. So fill that out. I'll get the email, and then I'll reach back out to you, and we can decide whether you need a, a coach, whether you can do it do it by yourself. But at least start and make a decision. So newmoneydetroit.com is where you can start, and we'll go from there. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you again, Irving, yes. oh, for thank joining you. us thank you. tonight. So, guys, newmoneydetroit.com. Reach out to him if you need some help with your money because, you know, as you said, so many people have financial yeah. issues, and it's and not just the poor. The right. rich have rich then, people oh, yeah. problems. And guys. I like how you said it's not a judgment call. It's, it's not, everyone. Exactly. So, so everyone. And I, and I think that's why a lot of people, they're ashamed to admit that I'm broke. Well, I need help. You know <laughs> what I mean? Exactly. Like, help me out. So yeah. don't be ashamed. We all in this together, y'all. We got to be. We all we got. It's all about financial empowerment. All right. Well, thank you again, Irvin. And thank you to my wonderful co-host, Rayshawn Payne. Oh, thank you and for we will be back next week at 7 p.m. So we are out of here. Peace out, guys. Peace out.